Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that Connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our Give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the Word as we look at it together. Worthy are you, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Father God, Lord, we pray to you. Would you help us to glorify you? Because you're worthy. You're worthy to receive all of our worship and our praise. You're worthy to receive all honor, that all power will be attributed to you. God, we recognize you as our creator. And Lord, we want to honor you. We want to glorify you. We want to worship you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Welcome. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome and Merry Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus, Jesus being born. And our team has worked really hard and done a great job to help us to celebrate Christmas. Can we appreciate everyone who has served? Awesome. The film that we just watched, The Magi, it's about a text, a text from the Word of God, from our Bibles. And we want to take a look at that text that the film did a really great job of bringing illustration to. And it's found in Matthew chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we'd like to give you a Bible today. We have them available. Just come right after the gathering to the room here that has the sign over it that says the altar. It's, it's our prayer room. We just call it the altar room. It's a room we pray for people in after the gathering. And we have Bibles there. They're nice Bibles. They've been purchased by the church family for you. They'd be at no cost to you. And so we want to make sure everyone has a copy of the Word of God. And so if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can come right after the gathering and you can grab a Bible. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read through Matthew chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 12, and then we're going to take some time to explain it. So here is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem, in the land of Judah. For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, 
in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So this is the text in which the Magi film was based off of. And I think our team did a great job of bringing illustration to this text through the film. The text is about the Magi or the wise men coming to Jesus. And in their coming to Jesus, they are transformed. Their lives are changed as they come to Jesus. And we may be wondering as we celebrate Christmas, which is about the birth of Jesus, something that happened around 2,000 years ago, how is that even relevant to our lives today? Why does that even matter for us now? Well, it matters because in the same way that when the Magi came to Jesus, when the wise men came to Jesus, their lives were changed. When we come to Jesus, our lives are changed also. And as we look at this text, the change that is brought by coming to Jesus is available to us now as well. And coming to Jesus brings three changes. Jesus is changing my life. Jesus is transforming my life. And there are many who are here that Jesus has transformed their lives. And Jesus is not limited to changing our lives in three ways, but these three ways, he for sure changes our lives when we come to Jesus. Way number one is Jesus changes your way. That's the first change that, that Jesus brings, is Jesus changes your way. Way is about direction. It's the difference between being aimless and having vision. It's the difference between not knowing which way to point, which way to head, which way to go, and having a clear vision that provides direction and is inspiring and provides a path to move, a path to move forward, but not just a path to move forward, but a path to move forward with purpose. And that purpose is found in Jesus Christ, Jesus who changes your way. In our text, we see in Matthew chapter 2, in the first two verses, we see how Jesus changes the way for the wise men. In verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men. They were educated. They had studied the Old Testament scriptures. They had studied the created order that God has made. They were educated. And now it says that they came from the east. So they're on a journey. And when you're in California, there's a whole lot of east. But it's not referring to the starting point of California. It's referring to the starting point of Jerusalem. And they came from the east. 
these wise, educated men, and they came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? So they are searching for royalty. They are in search of a royal king. For we saw his star. There's a supernatural sign that occurs that God allows them to see to bring announcement to the fact that this new king had been born. And so they are following this star. We saw the star, his star, when it rose and we have come to worship him. These educated men who had come on a journey from the east, who were in search of royalty and they were being led by a supernatural sign, they had a purpose in why they came and it was to worship the king. A clear indication that they believed that this king was divine, that this king was God. What we see in this text is we see how Jesus draws the wise men to himself. God draws the wise men. And that's how it works. To come to Jesus is only because God has drawn us to him. No one comes to the Father except that God draws us to himself. I want to share with you a little bit how that's happened in the lives of my wife and I as we've looked at the words of Scripture, the teachings of Jesus. And there's a book in the Bible called James. And in chapter 1, verse 27, we find a verse that says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, how does someone have pure religion? How do I follow Jesus and have it be real and genuine? Well, this verse talks about that it looks like taking care of orphans when they're in need. And it looks like taking care of widows when they're in need. And I think that the clear teaching would be because they can't repay you. An orphan in need can't pay you back and a widow in need can't pay you back. And so what does is, what is, you know, pure religion look like? It looks like serving those who can't serve you back. Well, it's one thing to read this on the pages of our Bible. It's another thing to have it come alive in our lives. And that happened for my wife and I when we received a phone call one day. And it was Stanislaus County Child Welfare. And they called and they said, we have a little girl who needs a safe place to sleep tonight. And we're wondering if she could come to your home. And so my wife and I began to discuss. And we said, well, I mean, very simply, we're a safe place to sleep. And so I guess we need to say yes, that this child could be welcomed into our home. And we had no idea that saying yes to this passage about taking care of orphans and widows, that, that, to, to put this into practice as Jesus was now changing our way, we had no idea the chain reaction that that one decision would lead to as we now have welcomed five children into our home from the California foster care system. God has built our family. He has changed our way. As we follow Jesus, he's changed our way. Let me show you a picture of my little family. We have nine children. And I think this is a pretty clear indication that God had a plan. He had a direction. He had a vision for my wife and I. And as we came to Jesus, we discovered what that was. Because Jesus changes your way. For the Magi, Jesus changed their way in a particular fashion. For my wife and I, Jesus has changed our way 
in a particular fashion. What I'm interested to know is how is Jesus going to change your way? Because he's changing all of our way uniquely. He's got a plan and a purpose for all of us. The second change that coming to Jesus brings is Jesus changes your truth. Truth is about foundation. It's the difference between your feet being on shaky or solid ground. And the truth of Jesus is solid ground to stand on. And it brings confidence. Because when Jesus gives his truth, it gives us a bold conviction standing on the truth of the word of God. We see the wrestling with truth that occurs even in this text. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, it says, when, king, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. So they hear news of this king, and he feels threatened. He's a king. He hears of a new king. He wants to keep his throne. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they are looking to prophecy at this point. Prophecy, which is God giving word ahead of time, of the direction in which God is going to work so that the people of God might recognize the work of God that he has foretold him he is going to do. It says they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And notice that the standard they're using is the prophet. It's the word of God. They're going to the word of God and saying, this is what the word of God says. And that is what is true when Jesus changes your truth. The word of God becomes the standard for your life. The word of God becomes the rule in which you line all everything up next to to discover what is true and what is not. It says in verse 6, And you, O Bethlehem, which was a town, in the land of Judah, which is a group of within Israel, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, which would have been very surprising that a king would be coming from Bethlehem. It would be similar to saying, there's going to be a new king, and the new king is going to be born in Vernalis. And you're thinking, where's Vernalis? I think there's a sign in downtown Modesto that points like Vernalis, right? You've seen the sign, you have no idea where Vernalis is. You've probably driven through Vernalis and didn't even realize it. The people in Vernalis don't even know they live there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it would have been surprising. Bethlehem is not what they would have been expecting to have a king come from. For from you shall come a ruler, a king, who will shepherd my people Israel. This is ordained by God, a leader to lead God's people. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly. You can see that he's plotting here. And he ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. He's doing a risk assessment. When did the star appear? How long has the time passed? What is the level of threat that I'm up against right now? So he does this risk assessment. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child because he is wanting them to isolate the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And we know that the words of Herod in this line are deceitful. And the reason that we know, because if we keep reading in Matthew chapter 2, later in the chapter we see the incredible violence that this king takes on children to try and eliminate the threat of a new king. Incredible violence. When you think of it, 
When we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. It happens around 2,000 years ago. How is that relevant for our lives today? Well, Jesus was born into a culture of extreme hostility. Jesus came to a culture of extreme hostility. And we live in a culture of extreme hostility now. And in the same way that Jesus changes your way and he changes your truth, and he does that for the wise men, the magi, he does that for our lives now as well. Let me give you an example. There's a passage in the scripture in Matthew chapter 7, the same book of the Bible. In verse 24 it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And Jesus Christ is the rock. The word of God is our foundation. And no matter how bad the storm, like this passage talks about, the storm gets regarding a culture of hostility that we live in. No matter how bad the storm gets, as long as our footing is on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, we will be able to weather the storm. As long as we're standing on the foundation of the word of God, no matter how bad our culture gets, we will be able to stand on something that is sure. And that is the rock of Jesus Christ. One of the earliest memories that I have growing up is waking up and coming out of my bedroom and going into the living room and seeing there, sitting in the living room, very regularly, my mom sitting, reading her Bible. It was Christmas, 1986, that I was given this Bible. On the inside flap, it says, To my son, Joel Christopher, for Christmas, 1986. As you start the process of learning to read, you will find no greater book to complete to compare to this one. Read some of God's word each day and learn to quickly obey what you read and you will grow in both knowledge and wisdom as you grow in age. Your loving father, Alan J. Boone. Christmas, 1986. When I was growing up, I was given the foundation of the word of God that it would be a foundation for my life. And the word of God, the truth of Jesus has changed my life. The Word of God has transformed me. I have three adult sons who are in college. When they graduated high school, before they went away to school, to college, I gave them one of these Bibles. And I told them, the greatest gift that I can give you right now is to point you in the direction of my God. Because he has changed my life. And the most valuable thing that I can give you as my son is to give you his word. That you might have the word of God. That you would live by it. And that it would guide you. Coming to Jesus brings change. It changes your way. And Jesus changes your truth. But Jesus also changes your life. And that's change number three. Jesus changes your life. And life is about salvation. It's the difference between considering life and just how it's going to end and considering life and how it will be for eternity. It's about the hope of heaven. It's about the hope of eternity. And Jesus draws us to himself that we might experience the fullest life possible now in him and forever in him. We see 
how Jesus changes the life of these magi in the text in Matthew chapter 2. It says in verse 9, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, so now this star, they're seeing it again, it went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Remember, why did these magi come, these educated men, from the east on a journey looking for a king, royalty? They're led by a supernatural sign. It was for the purpose of worshiping God. And we see here, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then being warmed in a dream... Not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So these magi, they follow the star to find the new king so they could worship them. And in the process of doing that, they are now led by that king. It says they were warned in a dream. So now the king is now leading the way of the magi. And the magi, they search for this child to bring him costly gifts. Well, soon this child would grow up and this child would die on the cross and bring an incredibly costly gift the sacrifice of his life. So that all who would believe in his name, the name of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, might experience salvation and a reconciled relationship with God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior. You see, coming to Jesus, it brings incredible change. It changes your way. It changes your truth. It changes your life. In fact, Jesus in John 14, 6 said this about himself. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. When you come to Jesus, he changes your way, he changes your truth, and he changes your life. And in the process of coming to Jesus, you come to God. Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. In 1 Timothy 1.15, it explains why did Jesus come and why was he born? Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus came. When we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, we're celebrating the birth of Christ Jesus who came into the world to save sinners. Even as a young boy, I knew that I needed to be saved from my sin. I grew up in a neighborhood about two blocks that direction. I shared a room with my older brother. I was bottom bunk. And as I lay down in my bunk bed every night, and I looked up and saw the bottom of the top bunk, there's a date that has been seared into my mind that was written on the bottom of the top bunk. Eight, six, 86. It was the day that my parents prayed with me that I would place my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord God and Savior of my sin. Even as a young boy, I knew that I needed to be saved from my sin. I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I couldn't do anything about it, and I needed help. First Peter 3.18 tells us how Christ accomplished it. For Christ also suffered once for sins. It's speaking of when Jesus Christ died on the cross. 
Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous, that's Jesus. For the unrighteous, that's me. That's us. That he, Jesus, might bring us to God. This is a picture of the grace of God. This is a picture of God coming after us to do something for us that we could not do for ourselves. This is a picture of God's grace to love us so much that he would give a sacrificial offering to pay for our sin. The righteous Jesus Christ for the unrighteous us. In Romans 5, 1, it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How is it possible to be at peace with God? It is possible to have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God is possible, but what God is not promising, God is not promising that you are going to have peace with every other person you meet. But peace with God is possible. It's available, and it's permanent. And when you have peace with God, you will always have peace with God. In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I remember as an 18-year-old hearing this verse for the very first time in a way that I was able to understand what it was teaching. I remember where I was. I remember who I was with. I remember who was speaking. And I remember hearing that the peace of Christ ruling in your hearts described as an umpire ruling in a game. And in the same way that an umpire would rule out or an umpire would rule safe, the peace of Christ wants to rule in your heart. And when you're heading in a direction that you shouldn't be going, the peace of Christ wants to rule in your heart out. And when you're heading in a direction that you should be going, the peace of Christ wants to rule in your heart safe. And I remember as an 18-year-old being so thankful to hear this because I did not have the peace of Christ ruling in my heart, and I wanted it. I wanted to have the peace of Christ rule in my heart, and I knew that I needed it. That God would be directing and ruling my life to help me make decisions. Which way should I be going? What is the truth that my life is going to be about? What's going to be the end result of my life? And it might be that you're here today and you're recognizing that you need the peace of Christ to begin to rule in your life. That you might begin to trust in the peace of Christ to rule in your life to rule your direction, your way, to rule your standard, your truth, to rule the end result of your life, your salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I want to share a prayer with you, and I'm going to read and explain this prayer, and then I'm going to invite all of us to say this prayer out loud together. It starts with dear God, and when we're praying, we're talking to God, so it starts dear God. I know I'm a sinner. That's just me recognizing. I know I'm not perfect. It would be you recognizing you know you're not perfect. The Bible calls that sin. I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. That's recognizing that God is the one who forgives us of our sin. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. When we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. The magi, they came, the wise men came to worship the, the, the king who they believed is God. And we're acknowledging to God I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin. When we say I believe he died for my sin, we're talking about when he died on the cross to pay for our sins. That on a calendar is when we would celebrate a moment called Good Friday. 
I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. After Jesus dies on the cross, he's buried in a tomb, but he doesn't stay buried and dead. And on the third day, he's resurrected to new life. On the calendar, it's when we would be celebrating Easter or Resurrection Sunday. It's when Jesus Christ is raised to life. And we're saying to God, I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. And I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord. That's a really important line because it's saying, I'm placing my faith in you. I'm placing my belief in you. I'm I'm placing my trust in you. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to give us an opportunity to pray this out loud, all of us to pray this out loud together. And I would imagine there's a few different types of people here today. One of them may be, when you pray a prayer like this, it's going to be a great reminder of how you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And as you pray this prayer, it's going to be a great reminder of the things that you believe. Maybe there's another group, and you've been pretty far from God. You've wandered away. You at one time had faith in Christ, and you have wandered. And you've gotten off track. And maybe as you pray the prayer today, you would pray this prayer, and it would be a great moment for you to come back to Jesus and to reaffirm your commitment of placing your faith in Jesus. There might be another group, you've never prayed a prayer like this. You've never prayed to God. You've never asked God to forgive you of your sin. And today's going to be an incredible day because it's going to be an opportunity for you to find peace with God through Jesus Christ, his son. And as you pray this prayer, you'll be placing your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins for the very first time. And today's going to be a great day. So I don't know how you might pray this prayer, but I would say this. If you pray this prayer... I would encourage you to be genuine as you do it and that you would mean it. And if you pray genuinely and you mean what you pray, your prayer will be heard. So I want to invite all of us, anyone who would want to, I'd invite you to pray this prayer out loud. Let's pray it together right now. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. And I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to share with you But if you prayed that prayer and you were genuine, you meant it. Two things have happened. One, God has heard you. If you prayed that prayer and it was genuine and you meant it, God heard you. And the second thing is, your prayer will be answered. God will answer your prayer if you pray to him and you are genuine and you mean it. He will respond. And if you're praying today, and you're making a decision for Christ, we would love to know about it because we would love to be praying for you specifically. The team referenced a Connect card. I would just invite everybody to pull out that Connect card right now. On the front of it, you can fill out your information. On the back, in just a moment, we're gonna collect these, but I wanna walk through the back. On the back, it says my decision. It might be that today, for the very first time, you're asking God to forgive you of your sin. You're trusting in Jesus Christ to bring you peace with God. And if that's true, this first box here, it says, today I received Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. You might want to check that box. That would let us know 
that you're placing your faith in Jesus for the first time, we would love to be praying for you. It might be you had gotten a little off track, and today's a great day for you to get back on track in following Jesus Christ. The second box says, today I responded and reaffirmed, renewed my relationship with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if that would be describing how you prayed today, then I would encourage you to check that second box. It may be there's another decision that's on here that you're wanting to make. Maybe you're, you're recognizing, you know, I want to take a step to be baptized and follow Jesus, or I'd like to become a member of the church. Those are there also, and, and you could let us know if that's where you're at today. But for everyone, there's an opportunity right here to write down a prayer request. Our team is going to gather this week very specifically for the purpose of praying for your specific request that you write down right now. And we would love to be praying for you. And you can let us know how we can be praying for you on this card. In just a moment, we're going to have our moment of joy, our time of bringing gifts to the Lord, our offering, which is a time that we have every week here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. There's going to be some bags that are passed. You can just take these cards and place them in the bag as it's passed. But we'd love to be praying with you and celebrating with you about how you're making a decision for Jesus. And if you let us know, then we can do that. Well, we're going to have our time of bringing our gifts to the Lord. We have sang songs about bringing gifts to Jesus. We have watched the Magi film, which is about bringing gifts to Jesus. We have looked at a text in Scripture in our Bible about bringing gifts to Jesus. Well, now it's an opportunity for us to actually participate in that, that we'd bring a gift to Jesus. And what I want to encourage you is I want to encourage you in the same motivation that the Magi, the wise men, had as they came bringing gifts to Jesus. It was for this purpose. It was to worship. They brought gifts to Jesus to worship. And I want to encourage you, if you choose to bring a gift to Jesus today, that you would do it in worship. They came to worship God. And so they brought God gifts. And as we're coming to worship God, we're wanting to bring him a gift. And I want to encourage you, if you're bringing a gift to Jesus today, that you would do it from a heart of worship. There's three different ways that you can give. Again, there'll be an offering basket that goes by. If you have a physical gift you want to put in, you can also give at bvg.org give, or you can give via text at 209-252-3583. Whatever way you give, the method is not what's most important. What's most important, that is, that's an act of worship. And as we're worshiping Jesus, we want to bring him a gift. And so let's do that together. Let me pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for how your word teaches us so clearly about how coming to Jesus changes us. Lord, thank you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And thank you that through Jesus, we can come to the Father God. And so, Lord, as we continue in worship right now, would that be exactly what takes place? Would we worship you? Would we bring you honor? in glory because you deserve it you're worthy and i pray this in the name of jesus and all god's family said amen